I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never program. Thanks for coming in on Wednesday night. I'm Jeff Sintel, your host of Before the Hedges. I didn't get to hang out with you guys last week. I was in New Orleans on assignment, putting together a lot of our coverage of uh, Arch Manning over the last four or five days or so. Um, Want to say, hey, how's everybody doing? Everybody having a good week so far? Um, hanging out on the back porch. If you guys were at the start of the show, you got a Peaches sighting. Also representing the Dog Nation Cruise 2022. I uh, got the T-shirt from that first-class event. Missed you guys there. Maybe you guys can catch the next boat uh, that Dog Nation goes on with Royal Caribbean. As always, Before the Hedges is brought to you by Kroger. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to get to with our show tonight. We've got um, an Arch Manning uh, video package, which includes a couple of thoughts from one of a couple of thoughts from one of his assistant coaches there at Isidore Newman High School and Isidore Newman School in New Orleans. Um, Going to have. Uh, preview guys you can believe this this is an official visit weekend at the scavenger hunt weekend is actually this weekend in may kind of crazy there uh we'll also have top targets we'll have a few tweets to check out we'll look at the see the commitment glance we'll see like others to know kind of busy show um but the first thing we're going to talk about is kind of what uh this show is going to be geared toward tonight and this is some arch banning talk uh like i said i spent uh what was it four days last week in new orleans um, digging up some intel, trying to find as much as I could about that young man. And, you know, for me, uh, I think the foundational point uh, I, I want to kind of stress here is I think it's really Georgia and Texas, uh, some Alabama a little bit. Um, I think that's really the decision for Arch Manning. And, you know, for a Georgia fan's perspective, I, I, I kind of kicked the, kicked the can around the curb, kind of kicked the tires on a lot of things in New Orleans. And, came back with what I feel like are three pretty good reasons why I think are three Georgia's three best reasons uh, why they could, could potentially win the Arch Manning Derby here. Uh, first thing, to, first thing to note, a couple of stakes. Uh, he's likely uh, to make, uh, he, he's going to advance his decision the most in the month of June. Right now he's still got another week of spring practice at Isidore Newman in New Orleans. That's his complete focus right now. Uh, the month of June is when he'll probably take at least three official visits, might take some unofficial visits before that. Um, and then July becomes a dead period. Uh, and then August, when the campuses will open back up, that's really a time when all these schools are trying to win championships and gear up for the season. And that's also a time when Arch Manning's focus will be clearly back on Isidore Newman. So I think really, you know, June's going to be a huge month for him, as if that month could not get any busier. Uh, he also has... Uh, the, the family, the Manning family also has the Manning Passing Academy. It takes place, I believe, on the third or uh, fourth weekend in June. That's at Nichols State University. So June's going to be swamped and very busy for Arch Manning and his family as he tries to figure out his decision. Um, one of the things I think, you know, for me, you pick up on what really matters uh, from a historical perspective with the Manning family. And think about it for a second. Um, really, when you're a Manning, Archie, Peyton, and Eli, uh, those are his two uncles and his grandfather, you're really measured by how well you do on the biggest stages, how much you win. Because, you know, Mannings are known for longevity. They're known for great careers. They're known for excellent talent, uh, cerebral, smart approach to the game. 
but then they're defined, I believe, by their championships and how well they do on the stage, the biggest stage. And for, you know, Peyton, he won two with Denver. Uh, Eli won two with the New York Giants. Um, their, grand, their father, Archie's grandfather, Archie, um, you know, never really won a national championship in college, never really played on any good teams with the Saints in the NFL. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think is probably uh, George's best chance or one of their better reasons for success here in the Manning Derby is that this is an established and a winning program. You, it was funny. I was talking to his father, Cooper. Cooper, you know, entertained a few, a few uh, questions from me after we linked up at practice one day. And, you know, the one thing that I asked him, I was like, you know, how, how much will winning and success uh, translate to this decision or how much does it simply mean to Arch? Cause I know, uh, tracing Peyton's career, never won a national championship at Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Eli Manning never won a national championship. And also uh, the Mannings, not, neither one of those gentlemen actually won a state championship in high school. And if you had to ask Arch right now what his number one goal is, it is bringing home a state championship to Isidore Newman. But f for me and for, uh, for that family, I really think that they're defined. These are my thoughts. I really think that they're defined by winning. And if you want to go to a place that wins, Georgia just won the national championship. They have a proven track record of NFL development. And there was one thing Cooper said that Arch told him a while back where he said, you know, the one thing he doesn't want to do is go up to the line and look across the ball and see that that other side of the ball has a lot better players and has better players uh, than his side does. You know, I think that's one reason why, you know, Georgia is really in this thing. If, you, if you've got a Texas in the mix here, you know, Texas has a brilliant offensive reputation with Steve Sarkeesian, great quarterback development, um, but they're not there yet in terms of a winning program uh, compared to Georgia, compared to Alabama, compared to a lot of the two other schools that are primarily in this race. And, you know, this would be his second year. And maybe maybe this decision might go a little bit longer because Arch might want to look and see how that first month of uh, September might actually start out for the Texas Longhorns. But you know, for Texas, it's just the second year under Sarkeesian. They haven't really reached the levels that Georgia has been at since 2017, playing in New Year's Day Bowls, winning SECs, uh, winning the Rose Bowl and things like that. So I think that, number one, is probably, I think, one of the biggest reasons why Georgia is in this thing. Uh, the second, I would say, is um, the second just kind of seems like familiarity. And what I mean by that is, um, there's it's a couple of levels to this. Familiarity basically means that um, it's the SEC. It's the league that his, his, his uncles played in. It's the league that his grandpa played in. And they know that's the biggest stage of college football. They also know um, Athens pretty well. It started off with uh, Coach Matt Luke. Matt Luke knew the Mannings when he was the head coach at Ole Miss. That was where Eli and Archie went to play college football. Um, and that's how they got to know Georgia initially. Cortez Hankton, the former wide receivers coach at Georgia, is also a New Orleans native. And that's how things kind of got, you know, the genesis of everything with Georgia and the Mannings. Also, another thing to think about there is when you have uh, Cooper went to Georgia. He told me he went to Georgia many times when he was in school. He understands the atmosphere. He understands the pageantry of Georgia football. He knows Georgia people care a whole lot about their football team. He's got friends that live in Athens. He knows that uh, Dog Nation certainly supports their Bulldogs as much as any program in the country. And you even heard a little bit of that from March himself when he said last week that he thinks that Georgia is probably the, 
you know, the best college town out there. And that's because he's, he's, he's used to Athens. I think reports came back from his last trip uh, to Georgia in March where he, he, he basically was the man about selfies about town, took a lot of pictures, got to know a lot of people there. And, you know, that's really another area where Georgia is familiar, but that's surface level stuff. I want to tell you guys something that I probably would only would have learned really uh, if, if not for being out there and watching practice and getting to know some folks out there. And that's familiarity, I guess, a little bit with um, Georgia's um, staff, which would be uh, offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, but also uh, also Georgia offensive analyst Buster Faulkner. Now, before Buster is a Georgia native Parkview guy came to Georgia, he was an offensive coordinator at several kind of mid-major level schools. Um, one thing I think that's very interesting is uh, Newman High School this year has an offensive coordinator, a new offensive coordinator who was on Butch Jones's staff last year at Arkansas State. That young man is named, that, that gentleman's name is Logan Kilgore. Very sharp guy, really knows what's going on. He's the quarterback coach. He's the offensive coordinator. He's implementing some new looks, some new things for Newman and uh, Manning's senior season. But, you know, Logan, got to tell you this story really quickly, guys. He was a guy that was behind a coach's kid in high school, never really played high school football. He got the chance after graduation from high school, he wanted to walk on with a junior college. And at that, at that time when the junior college he, he was trying to, trying to try out for, trying to get linked up with, they told him, you don't have any film. You didn't really play high school football. Why, why do you want to walk on here? You probably really shouldn't walk on here. It's not a good idea. And they were trying to discourage Logan from doing that. Logan Kilgore stuck to his guns, walked on, won the starting job at that junior college, and then got an offer to play college football at Middle Tennessee. While he was at Middle Tennessee, as, as the quarterback, he set lots of school records. He set touchdown passes in a career, single season. He, he basically put his name all over the record book. From there, he went and played, I believe, five seasons in the Canadian Football League before trying uh, before joining uh, Butch Jones' staff last year. Now he's back at the high school level working with the number one overall prospect in the country, the number one quarterback in the country. Just for fun here, guys. This is how kind of, thanks for staying with the story so far. This is how this all links up together. You know who Logan Kilgore, that's Arch Manning's offensive coordinator, is right now, um, who, who his offensive coordinator is right now in high school. Guess who his coach was, his offensive coordinator at Middle Tennessee for the Blue Raiders. You'll never guess it. I'm going to have a dramatic pause. His offensive coordinator was actually Buster Faulkner. So there's a way that, that Georgia has a really good connection to, to the guy that's teaching Arch Manning how to get even better this year. So if you want to know, like, he wants to get a good read on everything about Georgia from the familiarity standpoint, from what Buster's all about, I don't know, even from what Todd Munkin's all about, there you have it right there. That is a very, uh, very interesting connection uh, between uh, Arch Manning, Isidore Newman, and also the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, just something I found that was very interesting right now. That's the second thing. Um, that's the second thing that, um, you know, stands out, you know, that, the, you know, that whole thing about familiarity, the college experience, that's one of the things his, his dad was also telling me about that, you know, besides football, you're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have your high water marks. You're going to have your low water marks. And then when you're not playing, you want to be at a place where you would really enjoy being there. And that's a place like Georgia. 
where uh, Arch has said that it feels like it's the best college town in America. Um, not quite a big city. You know, New Orleans is a huge city, has an NFL franchise. That's kind of what Austin, Texas is more like now, no longer really a college town. You know, for a young man that likes to kind of be to himself, kind of just work on football, kind of just stay outside of the limelight, maybe dodge the limelight as much as possible. Athens feels like that kind of place. It kind of matches up with everything that's going on there. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, also comes to mind, this is kind of a bonus thing. And you know, one of the questions that's really interesting right now is, you know, Arch Manning, who is the most marketable athlete uh, in high school recruiting right now, I think on three sports has a neat little metric where they track the NIL valuation of every player out there, every recruit out there. And they put Arch Manning's NIL value at $3.1 million. It's funny. Once he created his Twitter account, that went up from $2.1 million to $3.1 million, the valuation there. But, you know, with NIL, the Mannings told me, and this is what his head coach, Nelson Stewart, has told me for quite some time now, is that NIL is really not going to be a thing here, at least not initially on the front end. What they've wanted with this recruitment is to set it up like an old school recruitment as much as possible limit the fanfare, limit the exposure to kind of help him have a real normal senior year and to help him just be a high school kid for one more year. Folks, you got to remember, Arch Manning has seen TV cameras show up at his games since he was in middle school, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. He was the first um, quarterback in Newman history to start their first game as a freshman. Cooper didn't do that. Uh, his uncles, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, didn't do that as well. So you already have a little bit there with them wanting it to be very old school with this recruitment. And the feeling there is, is that they're going to stick to a lot of their old school values in terms of what's going to make the decision. Arch is going to make the decision 100% on his own, um, but they're not going to let NIL kind of be a factor uh, there and all that stuff. Um, those are some very good reasons why I think Georgia stands uh, its best chance uh, in order to eventually win the Arch Manning sweepstakes and eventually sign Arch Manning. Also learned that he's working and will be able to enroll early, graduate in December if he wants to, enroll early at, you know, at the school of his choice in January of 2022, um, if that's what they want. They'll have the flexibility, Arch will have the flexibility to do that. Uh, I believe he would be the first person ever at Isidore Newman School to ever graduate in December and enroll early uh, for football in January of 2023. Uh, promised you guys some video. You guys want to see what all this fuss is about. I've got about four minutes of video here, but um, I think we posted it sometime over the weekend. The thing that's different here is you're going to have Nat sound for about the first 45 seconds of the video, which is just basically Arch going through cadence, Arch going through a lot of his play polish, a lot of his things in the middle of a spring practice day at Newman, the Greenies. Um, you see a lot of that. But after that, you're going to have some sound takeover, which is going to be some interview sound. The first ones of those, the first one, the first voice you'll hear would be Jason Matthews, his offensive line coach. Guys, if you want to know something that kind of shows what type of school Isidore Newman is, um, the offensive line coach is a petroleum engineer. I asked him his thoughts about what made Arch Manning special. After you hear from Coach Matthews, really super guy, then you'll actually hear from Arch Manning himself. Uh, guys, it's Before the Hedges. I'm Jeff Sintel, your host. 
you want to see, you want to hear, you want to learn a little bit more about Arch Manning, let's take a look at that video right now. Ready? Move them. Let him square. Yeah, let him square. Right there. Good. You cannot trip. That's it. Come run across. Here we go. Inside. Vertical. Ball. Right, let's go. Three minutes. The competition. Three minutes. Ball. Ready. That's the time. How this young man is the most special. Is it the heart? Is it the mind, the way he processes things? Is it the arm? Is it the legs? Is it his mind? I mean, gosh, you could, five different answers could be debated and they could be five great ones. What would, what would be your answer to that question? I would say he was born with god-given talent okay and a lot of people would be satisfied with that talent i would say that the biggest gift he has is taking that talent and advancing it every single day you see him doing footwork you see him taking his drops you see him making his reads and just progressing things and a lot of people would be satisfied with the name a lot of people would be satisfied with the gifts he has but I'm really looking at a kid that I feel as though he won't be satisfied until he becomes the best Manny. Uh, I don't see him ever taking days off in the weight room. I don't ever see him going out and doing things and, and partying and doing it. He's always currently studying the game in high school and his senior year right now. Every time I talk to him, the, the thing about him is a lot of kids are – kind of enjoying their lives and their senior years and going off and doing things. This young man's actually studying the game. He's trying to improve his game. And that's something that is coming from inside. And that's something that you you can't that that's driven solely by him. And it's one of those things where um you put him in an environment and people around him that negative environment, I think he's centered a good family. I think he's centered by a good community and he's always wanting to make that community and family proud. And that is something you're never going to find with, within a, in most top athletes in high school. The decision is coming. How would you describe where you're at? I mean, what, where are you at with all that? What's your process? Yeah. Um, I really have no idea right now. I've kind of narrowed it down a little bit, but um, I don't have a timeline or anything like that. So I'm just kind of focusing on spring football right now. How do you feel about, obviously, Munkins here today? How do you feel about Georgia and the Bulldogs? What's, what do you like best about that program? Yeah, I think Georgia has a really good staff. Obviously, just come off a national championship. Um, they have a lot of good players, especially on defense. Just kind of surrounded, I mean, 15 draft picks. What's your motivation? What's your why? Every player's got a why. What's yours? Uh, I, I truly love football. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people are in it for different reasons, but I love the game. I think it's a big part of my family. I've been around it a while, and it's just fun playing with your friends, and um, I've really enjoyed it um, every step of the way.
What do you think you're looking for? What I mean, is it going to be a feeling? Is it going to be a gut on an official visit? What do you think will decide it? Um, I'm really not sure. I'm still looking for that gut feeling. I haven't yeah. got it yet, so I'm looking for that maybe on the official visits or when it comes to the season. How important is it to you to live up to your family name? Is that pressure? Is that blessings? Is it a little bit of everything? I mean, how do you look at it? Yeah, I really don't think about it like that. I'm just kind of out here playing football with my friends, a bunch of good guys, and uh, it's been fun. And I don't, I don't really feel any pressure. It's just kind of fun for me. All right, guys, what about that? Heard from Arch Manning on Before the Hedges. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Doesn't he sound really composed, calm, cool, even keel? If you saw that story on dognation.com this morning, you learned a lot about Arch Manning, the young man, uh, not just the legendary arm, the legendary name, and the famous football family. Some of the coolest parts of that piece I liked was that Arch has a habit of walking around school around lunchtime and if he spots a face he doesn't know yet, he will invite them to join him and his friends at Arch's table or their table for lunch. Gets to know them. He just he has a way where he wants to draw everyone in and make them feel a part of the school, make them feel a part of Newman. Uh, one story I heard was that uh, he thought a kid was getting picked on. And so he felt bad for him. And what he did is he also took that kid. He also went to lunch with that kid. Because he wanted that kid to know that, hey, high school is not all that bad, uh, that all, not all the guys here, uh, not all the dudes here are going to be like that. And, you know, he, he has no reason to be that way. I mean, he gets, he's Arch Manning. He's the big man on campus. But you just collect more and more stories like that about, you know, he's a guy that, you know, when somebody comes up to him, Newman's a campus where the kids are there their whole, you know, childhood. They're there from six weeks all the way up through high school. And everybody had a Arch Manning story, and it's not a great touchdown pass, or it's not, you know, look at that play, or look at the coaches that showed up to see him. It was this stuff like he not only had a kind word, but he stopped and gave him three minutes, four minutes of his time as a young person when all these people are pulling at him. And you know, this is a young man that when he goes to high school football games, everybody's coming up to him randomly wanting autographs, wanting selfies on the sideline. And that's just, the world of being a Manning. You can't really hide it. That's why reporters from Atlanta, Georgia will, will come out and, you know, try to do their job and try to tell, you know, tell everybody a, a little bit about Arch Manning while, um, uh, you know, he's going through his spring practice. I think, you know, you, you see all those stories. And I think that's why this young man will be successful. Uh, he's got the great arm. He's got the cerebral processing. Folks, the thing about Manning that I think will probably be his most, um, his most dangerous weapon and his most important skill is he's about six, four and a half. He's about two twenty, and he runs a four, six. It will be awfully hard to get him on the ground. He is a great all around athlete, great pickleball player. He's a great spike ball player. If you guys have played that. Uh, and I, you know, that's Manning in a nutshell, you know, that's why he's the man, why he's the Manning. Uh, you guys have any questions, you know, feel free to drop them right here. I'm sitting here looking at my Facebook. I'm sitting here looking at my uh, YouTube, trying to pick up with a lot of information. Just 
one of the things, one of my goals for the rest of 2022 with you guys on Before the Hedges is a lot more interaction. And it's not just you guys asking me questions. What I want to do a better job of is, is starting the conversation, continuing the conversation. You know, what do you guys think about? What do you guys think about what you just saw there from Arch Manning? What do you think about, you know, the film? What do you think about what you heard? What do you think about what you've read so far? I'd love to get your comments. I'd love to hear what you guys think about this Arch Manning story when it comes to the University of Georgia. Lots of talk about uh, Harry Leggy, uh, Rufus Jackson. Uh, Johnny has a point, loves to hear stories of his humility in his class. Howard, I'd love to hear about him being as competitive uh, throat-cutting killer, too. That's what beats Bama in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he is a throat-cutting killer. I mean, one of the things that, uh, you know, whether it's pickleball, whether it's uh, the Manning family has a pickleball court, uh, whether it's a spike ball, whether it's recess, gym, I mean, he is out there to win. He is – it's almost like he needs to win. That's kind of what drives him. When you see him on the practice field, uh, he's pushing everybody to find a new level to their game. For, for me – that is greatness. It's not just how great the guy is under center. It is how much better he can make the other 10 guys in the huddle around him. That's what uh, Arch Manning really understands about quarterback play. thought it was a really interesting uh, thing I learned, little nugget I learned that, you know, number 18 was what his dad Cooper wore. Cooper was an all-state wide receiver. I don't know if you guys know that story, but he was an all-state wide receiver on the summer before he was going to go to Ole Miss. He was diagnosed with spinal stenosis, and he's generally kind of widely regarded as the best athlete in the Manning family. And uh, Cooper uh, had to give up football right then and there. He was a thousand yard receiver at Newman. Um, and then, you know, you see he wore 18. Eli wore 18. Peyton Manning wore 18. And there's an 18 that hangs off the gymnasium, which looks down on the end zone of the football field. And everybody was like, you know, is Arch going to wear 18? What's he going to be his number? He chose 16. And I've heard a couple stories about it. One story I heard is that he just wanted to make 16 his own. He wanted to stand on his own. And then if he was maybe he was good enough to earn that 18, maybe he would take that 18 on. But Arch has seen no need to do so. He likes his own path. He likes his own lane. And, you know, he's just fine with number 16 and being his own guy right there. Um Guys, before we get started, you got top targets coming up. Let me do one thing. Let me turn the lights on a little bit here. There you go. There you go. And the before the hedges guy said, let there be light. And there was light. Sorry about that. Um, and who do you guys want to see in the class? Is there a guy that, you know, you guys want to see in the class? Is there, you know, two or three guys? If you had to have any two or three guys, who would they be? I'd love to see your responses here below on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, here on Before the Hedges. Hope you guys are enjoying the program so far. I'm really, really psyched everybody came by and wanted to hang out tonight and talk a little bit about Georgia football recruiting. As we keep this ship going, one of the things to, to bring to mind is this is an official visit weekend for Georgia football. Uh, Georgia will have three official visitors in town this weekend. It's supposed to be one of those scavenger hunt weekends, which has gone so well for Georgia in the past. Guys like Nolan Smith, 
Keely Ringo, Jermaine Johnson, lots of others. They came into Georgia uh, and were part of the uh, scavenger hunt weekend where they go all over the all over campus. They tweet out things. They get selfies with Kirby Smart. They visit landmarks around the University of Georgia. Really good interactive way for it to be a visit and it's for them to see the campus without having to feel like work. It's more like a game and everybody, you've heard stories throughout the years of golf carts being, you know, manipulated or golf carts being altered or whatever. So some people end up with a slow cart, even if they know, have a good idea about what the clues are. Always good to tell those stories and see those stories about coming out of the scavenger hunt weekend. It will be an official visit weekend. Guys, there was an official visit last weekend. That was Marcus Washington Jr., who after his official visit reclassified from the class of 2023 to 2022. He became another top 100 recruit. I believe he was reclassified from, I think, a number 70 overall prospect in 2023 to the number 94 prospect overall in 2024 excuse me, 2022, so that gives Georgia another top 100 overall prospect. A defensive back in that class, that moves that number up to five. I think Kirby Smart had only signed six top 100 DBs ever in his previous recruiting classes in 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. Prior to 2022, he had six total top 100 overall recruits that were slated to play DB for Georgia, and he just got five in the 2022 recruiting class. That will be a loaded secondary for years to come, a talented secondary for years to come. As we mentioned earlier, I think we've got a slide to that. We have Sadir Mitchell um, out of uh, Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. He's a four-star, 6'6", and about 345. He's taking his official visit to Georgia this weekend. Deshaun Womack, another defensive line, about 6'4", 225, out of, uh, you know, Baltimore, Maryland. That's the, He's out of the same – uh, high school program, which sent Jamon Dumas Johnson to the University of Georgia. Also, Denylon Morris, a 2022 signee at receiver, uh, also played for St. Francis in Maryland um, prior to moving down to Georgia and playing for Brookwood and playing for North Cobb uh, High School as well. Those are your three official visitors of this weekend. As always, guys, this is Before the Hedges. It's an inside look at Georgia football recruiting. Uh, um, I'm your host, Justin. This by Peers, great relationship, great partners we have. You can find us on uh, SoundCloud. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcast platform. It will also become a. Uh, it will also become. Uh, you'll you'll see this show curated on YouTube. You'll see this show curated on uh, Facebook as well. Um, you know, one of those things though, guys, you go to the gas pump, right? You don't like what you see, but you know, Kroger can help you out with that because of fuel rewards. Kroger is here to help with fuel rewards. You earn one fuel point. That's a point for every dollar you spend at Kroger in store or online. You earn two times fuel points when you purchase gift cards and during special weekends throughout the year. You know, that's what you got to think about. Also guys, you got to think about that new Kroger boost program. You sign up. Gives you all kinds of perks for being inside the Boost membership plan. Helps you out with fuel rewards. Helps you out with a lot of stuff. You know, Kroger. Think about Kroger when it comes to maybe trying to curb the cost of uh, all these gas prices and now that pain at the pump that we're all feeling right now when it comes to gas. Kroger, well, they're there for you with an answer. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it is now, guys, it is top targets time. What we'll do is we'll take another look at top targets. What we do is roll through them, what we try to do each and every week. These are your top targets for uh, the week of May 18th. Uh, as we noticed earlier, your official visitors, Sadir Mitchell, Jaden Wayne, and um, Deshaun Womack. Got 15 names for the top targets. This is version 7.5, I believe. Uh, number 15, it's a name that's been falling. It's Saint five-star safety man, Janelle Aguero out of Massachusetts. Number 14, a new name back on the list is Victor Burley. I think really that, uh, you know, Burley is a guy that might come down to Georgia. I even think it will come down to Georgia and Clemson there for him. Number 13, that's Jaden Wayne. I think he's the, he's the, probably the marquee official visitor. He plays both ways for uh, Lincoln High School in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, he's going to visit Oregon, going to visit Alabama, going to visit Georgia, going to take all of his official visits. But Jaden is a guy that plays tight end, starts his tight end. He would be an edge on Saturdays. He also punts for his high school team. This will make his third visit to Georgia in the last six months for Jaden Wayne. Uh, number 12 is Tyler Williams, a very impressive special receiver out of Lakeland, Florida. We'll have some uh, stuff on the website about him coming up soon. Number 11 is a guy, one of my favorite prospects in the 2022 class, Caden McDonald out of North Gwinnett. We will be there with Peachtree TV and Score Atlanta. Brandon Adams and Rusty Mansell will be calling the game. I'll be that dude on the sideline. I'm hearing that I'm going to be sticking a microphone into a huddle or something like that tomorrow. Caden McDonald had 20 sacks last year as an interior defensive lineman, really special player. He'll be playing tomorrow night in that spring practice jamboree. You got Northside, North Gwinnett. You got Archer versus Marietta, and that's going to be live on TV, TV guys. Peachtree TV, CBS 46 app. You can watch it across the country. Uh, number 10, uh, inside linebacker Troy Bowles. His father is the head coach. Todd Bowles of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Samuel Mpemba out of uh, IMG Academy, Samson Ukanola out of uh, Thayer Academy in Brockton, Massachusetts. I think he's planning a couple of visits to Georgia this summer. Uh, his last name, uh, his family heritage is from, I believe, Nigeria, and that means River of Blessings. Number seven, James Smith. We had an update with him on the website last week. You know, really, I think Georgia has a really strong chance with both James Smith and Quay Roussal. Those guys are teammates. They intend to play together out of Montgomery, Alabama. Number five, Hakeem Williams, I think is a special wide receiver. Uh, number four, Justice Haynes. That's the legacy son of Iran Haynes, P44 Haynes. Um, really special, really impressive running back, can really do everything. Tireless worker. He's also a fantastic baseball prospect as well. Number three, Jamal Jarrett, another big, huge human being out of Grimsley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. Number two, that's the man or the Manning of the show tonight on uh, Before the Hedges. Arch Manning, we spoke a lot about him tonight on uh, Before the Hedges. Number one, number one player in Georgia, number one safety in the country. He's going to be visiting Georgia on his official visit. It will be a big one on the first weekend of June. That is Kalen, Caleb Downs, excuse me. Uh, going down the list here, you got C.J. Allen, another guy that's going to take an official visit to Georgia. Olas Alinian, at a, he's, a, he's a product of Finland, plays in uh, Connecticut right now. Uh, Tyree Adams, I had an update on Tyree Adams. I think Georgia is in a good spot there with Tyree Adams right now. Four-star Juco wide receiver Malik Benson, he's going to give Georgia an official visit. Um, looking down the list, you've got uh, Anthony Evans. He's given a Georgia official visit. 
He's going to visit Oklahoma the first weekend in June, and then he's going to come back and visit Georgia the second weekend in June. That's a name to look for right there. You know, scrolling down the list, you got a lot of names. Uh, some of these names used to be on the uh, top targets list. Some of these names used to be on the commitment list. You see Kay and Lee right there out of Cedar Grove High School in Georgia. Uh, three-star cornerback. He's a defensive back, Chris Peel, out of North Carolina. That's a name that's gotten everyone's attention of late when it comes to Georgia. Looking down that list, the most important restock positions for Georgia are the offensive tackle spot, the wide receiver spot, running back, and outside linebacker. Let's quickly break down the 2023 class. How can Jeff do it in about 20 seconds? This is how I'm going to do it with all these stakeholders. Georgia used to have nine commitments. They're down to eight because Marcus Washington moved up to the reclassified to the 2022 class. Uh, Georgia now has only eight commits. They fall from number three in the country in 2023 with the reclassification of Marcus Washington Jr., the legacy cornerback. Uh, now Georgia falls to number six nationally. Five commitments on offense, three on defense, four in-state, four out-of-state. No top 50 commits yet, no five-star commits yet. Four top 100 commits, five top 150 in the nation commits. Seven of those guys are in the SEC footprint. The only one that is not is cornerback Justin Rett out of Las Vegas, Nevada. And right now, as it stands, Georgia's three, uh, four, Georgia's four high, five highest commitments uh, highest rated commitments. There are th four of those that play on the offensive side of the ball. Looks like since our last show on May the 4th, um, Georgia has offered another three players since then going down the list that that's 220 total offers for the 2023 class, eight running backs, 34 wide receivers, seven tight ends, 20 offensive tackles, 26 corners, seven, 13 safeties, 14 players who play athlete, 12 quarterbacks, 17 offensive linemen. They offered another interior offensive lineman, 14 linebackers, and linebackers nowadays are just strictly inside linebackers, uh, 16 edge prospects. Those are the guys that will rush the passer off the edge, uh, and 37 defensive linemen. By far, Georgia, what they're trying to find each and every year, defensive linemen and wide receivers. Those are the most populated offers for Georgia right now in the class of 2023 recruiting. I want to show you guys a couple of cool tweets. Not a lot this week because we've had a lot of graphic elements of the show. I want to show you, check this one right here. This is um, uh, Jaden Wayne. Look at this right here. Jaden recently tweeted this out. Jaden, um, this is his official visit. Look at the movie poster with the sunglasses right there um, that Georgia created for him to kind of signify his official visit this weekend. And then you've also got Deshaun Womack as well. Look at that, the glasses right there. I think since the shows came on the air or just before we came on the air, uh, you saw Sadir Mitchell also tweet out his official visit graphic from this weekend. Look at those red and black shades and look at right there, Deshaun Womack there for the defensive line prospect there. Those are two of the three official visitors that are coming into town uh, this weekend. Guys, it has been a busy, a, a jam-packed before the hedges so far. You guys got any questions? You guys want to talk about anything, anything we've said today, any names you want updates on, uh, anything going on? Do you want to try and get one of these Dog Nation Cruise t-shirts? You wondering where Peaches is? You need stock tips? We're here for you here on Before the Hedges. You guys got a question, please drop it in the uh, 
stuff below. Let's see, Martin Arredondo, who do I think will be the top two defensive backs that we have the best shot at? Hmm. Right now, I think the defensive backs that Georgia has the best shot at, I would think, um, you know, Caleb Downs, that's one of their better shots. That's the ones that Georgia is certainly prioritizing right now. I think uh, Chris Peel out of North Carolina, the defensive back out of North Carolina, only a three-star, but it looks like it's another one of those Georgia specials right there. I think I think that's a defensive back that, you know, Georgia is really trying to recruit heavily right now and try to try to, trying to push into the class. Um, you know, defensive back has kind of been a position in transit for a lot. I think Georgia's still in it a little bit there with A.J. Harris. I think he's probably going to take another visit to Georgia before he makes his decision. Um, I think you, you've got guys like, uh, you know, even Janelle Aguero, even though he fell, that's a guy that has held Georgia in very high standing for quite some time. I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, Georgia's doing right now is how well they've recruited the DBs in the 2022 class. And now they just moved another guy into the 2022 class with uh, Marcus Washington Jr. I think that's another another name that, you know, is already in the fold there as far as defensive backs go. Uh, be very interesting. You know, the names, you know, Georgia is still trying to close a lot of guys. Uh, Harry, thanks for the comments about the patio. Um, let me see. Uh, see what Facebook, anybody has thought or two on Facebook. again, guys, I want to just say sorry about the echo. We started off our show with a lot of reverb, so we just had to hit the reset button and uh, play that thing over and run that thing back turbo. Um, hope you guys got a chance to see uh, what the thoughts I kind of had regarding Arch Manning and that what are Georgia's best chances to sign him at the opening of the show. If not, that's what the rewind button is for. Also, got some really good video of Arch Manning working out and also some really good sound um, regarding that story. Um, Hugh Nash with a peaches siding. Uh, Randy Hall, I don't think uh, Vic Burley is, you know, kind of the comparison to Michael Williams right now. I think the best player parallel I can give for Vic Burley is he's, he's definitely a higher rated uh, Malik Herring type guy for sure. You know, Santi D. Arnold, good question. Um, you know, I mean, it's like that everywhere, though. I mean, everywhere he's looking at, I mean, if it's Alabama, they've got Jalen Milrose, they got Ty Simpson. They're also going after Eli Holstein as well. That's probably, you know, who the recruiting industry thinks that Alabama is going to gear up for because they seem to be recruiting him in tandem, uh, you know, with Arch Manning as well. You, then you look at Texas, and Texas, you know, already has Haynes King. They have a couple of really talented guys that were already in the pipeline. And then Quinn Ewers is there, who was also the number one prospect in the 2022 class, who reclassified to 2021, had that quick cup of NIL coffee with uh, Ohio State, and then transferred through the portal to um, 
to Texas. And he's definitely as much of a quarterback of the future, very talented guy, very big arm. Uh, and, you know, as, as much as the recruiting industry could have hyped up any player in the country, that's what they did with Quinn Ewers. And now Quinn is there in Texas, and now his last name is not Manning. But you want to talk about skill set, uh, ability, you know, big arm talent, potential NFL ceiling. You know, Quinn Ewers is one of those guys as well. And, you, you know, Quinn was a guy that's higher rated than anybody Georgia has right now. James Crump has a question about Caden Proctor. I think Georgia's going to get a visit from Caden. He's one. He's in one of their uh, top seven. Uh, nation's number one offensive tackle. I think Samson Okanula is a name that's also in mind there with Georgia at tackle. I also visited Tyree, Ty, Tyree Adams. Um, Roderick Kearney is another guy as well. Um, Sonia Prescott, let me get to Hugh. Uh, Hugh is definitely missing peaches. Uh, man, hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. You know, I, I'm we, we aim to please here on before the head. Just hold on one second. Let's see if we can get a doggy sighting. All right. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys care about the dogs. I guess you, I'm very, my wife and kids are very thankful you guys adore peaches the way you do. Peaches, peaches. Oh, well, guys, Peaches is in the green room right now. She's probably with one of my kids. Uh, let me tell you what, you guys got a question, anything you want to talk about? You know, what do you guys think? Um, you know, I, I think the popular theory going around is that, you know, Georgia wants to see what happens with Arch. Georgia fans want to see what happens with Arch. And then, you know, it's it's the wide receiver position. You know, what do you hope is there is there a defensive prospect you guys hope hope joins the fold? You you how much do you guys feel like justice is a very important part of this recruiting class? You know, what's the what's the one commitment in the class right now, 2023, that you guys are really excited about? Guys, I'm gonna stress this. Um I think I've said this on the forum, forum.dognation.com, but I think the one recruiter right now that is probably doing as good a job as anybody, um, and that might be the the Todd Hartley guy so far of 2022 for the 2023 class, I think it's BMAC. I think it's Brian McClendon. I think Georgia is in a much better spot with elite athletes at wide receiver than they've ever been. Um, you've got names like um, all the Williams boys, Hakeem Williams, Tyler Williams, all the Williams. Um, You've got Andy Jean. Uh, you've got a lot of guys at George Rico Flores. That's another guy George is in a Final Four with right there. It's all because of BMAC. BMAC is a really strong recruiter, a great person, a great mentor who commands the respect of all the young men he talks to and tries to uh, uh, tries to ratchet up their interest in the University of Georgia. Uh, James Crump has a question. Um, uh, two questions. Uh, James, I don't think Georgia can land both Troy Bowles and Raul Aguirre. I think, uh, you know, Raylan Wilson, uh, C.J. Allen, Troy Bowles, those are guys that are, um, you know, look like the inside linebacker board. You know, James, uh, you know, one thing about Justice, he's only about five foot eleven, about 200 pounds, so he doesn't have the length 
uh, and the you know the arm slot maybe that that uh, you know a premier left-hander would. But folks, he's 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 pitching around 90, 92 right now. He's got a decent um, curveball as well. I don't know if it's a plus curveball. Maybe he needs to develop another plus pitch. But he's lefty. He's an incredible athlete, a great competitor, and he's throwing about 90, 92, pitching at 90, 92, and he's hitting 94. Uh, so far this year for me and I think a lot of the people would would readily agree with me um, his future his you know biggest professional projection uh, looks to be football and I know he loves football he loves to train the football he loves to get better at football Um, you know that's probably you know still probably his best path right now but you know Justice is a very headstrong guy Justice is a guy that if that young man puts his mind to it I think he can accomplish just about anything Uh, James Crump. I don't know if about Brandon Ennis there. Uh, don't know if I think I think there's some ground that Georgia has to make up there with Mr. Ennis. Uh, Randy Hall question: Does Georgia create a pipeline with Buford in the future? You know, of course they've got Eldrick Houston. They got King Joseph Edwards there as well. You know, Justice Haynes is now at Buford as well. That would be a chance for Georgia to uh, uh, definitely establish some momentum there as well. Good question tonight from Facebook. Uh, let me see what's going on with YouTube. Uh, all right, guys. Hey, man. It's been another Before the Hedges. We got a late start tonight with audio difficulty, but we got the show on the road. We learned about Arch Manning. We talked about official visits. You saw video. You heard from assistant coaches, coaches of Arch Manning. You heard from Arch Manning. A little bit on that uh, video package we had for you guys. We went through top targets. We showed a couple of tweets. We had some audience interaction. The one thing we might be missing was peaches, and we'll we'll do a better job of that in the future. Each and every one of you guys, I'm so thankful you guys wanted to hang out a little bit on a Wednesday night, watch Before the Hedges. I've been your tour guide, Jeff Sintel, through all things Georgia football recruiting. Um, can't say enough how much I appreciate you guys hanging with us for six years now on Before the Hedges on Wednesday night. I uh, can't say how much I appreciate you guys following us on Twitter, reading our content, supporting our platforms on Dog Nation. Tomorrow morning, you've got Dog Nation Daily. Brandon Adams, the one and only doing what he does best for everybody uh, tomorrow morning, each and every day on Dog Nation Daily. But for me, that's been another Before the Hedges. I'm Jeff Sintel. That's been your intel. Everybody out there, be well, be blessed. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see everybody again on the pages of dognation.com. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Let's see you soon. I'm a bulldog, so Georgia who won't pick it. I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important, trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life, I never settle.